Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good afternoon. And in case I don't see you, good night. Good night. <laughs> How you doing? Um. Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah. Yep. It's uh, Monday again, December eighteenth, twenty twenty three. Twenty twenty three is almost over. Almost done. I think we're calling this one today, this podcast, the official third year completed, the third anniversary of the Mind Virus podcast. Is that correct? I think it was in December, middle of December 2020. 2020 right? when we started this. And here we are still blah, blah, blah. 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 <laughs> we're Bob, blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> But nobody has yet come forward to tell us to stop. No one said you're terrible. This is horrible. No one wants this in the world. Stop it. Which I no kinda, one's told us that to our face. Right. I expected that like between episodes two and three, but so far we had to get a little momentum first. So <laughs> I, we've, do we have any? Have we ever had a little momentum? <laughs> yeah, I think we have. We get momentum from time to time. Yeah, I think we've true. regained a little momentum recently. We 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 do tend to lose some some listeners, some some hits. Is that what we used to call them? Hits. Remember yeah. how many hits your website had? And the, people had the little hit counters down yeah. the bottom. Yeah. Where did those go? They're they hidden. Don't want, They're don't just want people hidden. to see how many hits you had. Right. We we've. Uh, Usually in the summer, when school starts, sometimes we'll get a little drop. I think sometimes when we offend a bunch of people, we mm. lose we lose some people, and then we, we must, t- it takes a while to build it back up. We must not be offending them enough because they just go away. They don't get mad. You and, think and they talk to us? I, they just go away. It's like that uh, '80s rock song. I can't remember the author, the uh, artist now, but they're like, "Girl, don't go away, mad girl." Just go away. <laughs> oh, that's a great song. I'm gonna have to look it up now, aren't I? Yeah, I don't remember what that one is. But anyway, oddly enough, we, uh, we've had a little surge in listeners' uh, activity. Whether that means more listeners or not, we've had a little surge the last couple of weeks, last month maybe. Thank you for listening. Had some great comments from some of our uh, old friends and new friends. We appreciate the. The comments definitely on the website it gives us something to talk about. You know, when we say something controversial and, and we get in arguments with you, it's always fun because we're on, quote unquote, on the air, recorded, of course, and you guys, all you got is is the comments section to, to fight back, unless you want to come on the show and and talk. So it's always fun to, to fight you guys with one arm tied behind your back. <laughs> We could also just decide not to approve your comment and then no one would ever see it. You know, I don't think I've ever not approved a comment unless it was like an obvious spam comment. And right. we're so under the radar, I don't think we're really getting any spam. So I can't really remember not approving a comment. Anyway, you got that song up on your phone, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. It's by Motley Crue. Oh, it's Motley Crue. All right. August, to, August 28th, 1989. It's off the Dr. Feelgood album. It's called Don't Go Away Mad, Just Go Away. So this is our message to all the listeners that get mad at us? Oh, I don't know about that. 
the Digital Millennium Copyright Act is starting to wake up right now. Well, if I go like this... <laughs> and you come back... And that resets the it's timer. Fair, it's fair use. I think that uh, this is low enough quality and definitely done in such a flattering way that this is this is more beneficial to Motley Crue than it is taking away from any money they might earn. There it is. Is this the first time we played Motley Crue on the show? Motley Crue from 1989. Dr. Feelgood album. Girl, don't go away, mad. Just go away. We'll be back in 30 seconds after this uh, weather and traffic update. Thank you, Bob. We're going to traffic. Casey Kasem. <laughs> Casey Kasem was a big deal for a long time. Yeah. That was, I wasn't trying to be Casey Kasem. He passed, right? He did a while back. Now I they're believe. doing his, uh, ep- his weekly episode, uh, what is the top 40 or something? Top 100. They're doing that uh, with AI, aren't they? He signed, somebody's yeah. family signed away the rights to his voice. <laughs> really? I don't know. I don't need, we're get, we'll get to the point where you don't even need a radio uh, DJ anymore. You just have AI do it all. Yeah. Today on Top 40, we listen to Motley Crue. Girl, don't go away, mad. Just go away. But the the AI voices are are getting really good. Well, they're already really good. I saw a newscast, like a whole news channel is based around AI. The, the whole thing is artificial intelligence. The anchors, the stories, the voices, everything. I think I actually... Uh, Told them where to go and how to get there on Twitter. Let me see if I can find that. Because why not? Well, you're looking for that. We got a couple of Babylon B headlines. Today we're going to do year in review. We're going to have to be careful not to make any predictions because that's we save that for the first week in January mm, usually. Yeah, our predictions episode. Yeah. But uh, we're going to talk about the year 2023. But while we're uh, patiently waiting for Bobby's Twitter feed to load, just a couple of headlines from the Babylon Bee. You've, you've seen the movie It's a Wonderful Life, right? Mm, yeah, yeah. You, you need that context for this um, This headline. You remember the angel's name is Clarence. Mm-hmm. That takes Jimmy Stewart's character, uh, guides him around and shows him what, what, right. what his life was and what it would be like. Well, the headline is that Clarence the Angel takes Gavin Newsom to Florida to show him what California would look like if he'd never been born. (laughs) That's pretty good, huh? I don't know if I want to click on this one. Uh, Ten politically correct alternatives to saying Merry Christmas. Yeah, that's that doesn't sound like a Babylon Bee. That sounds like something the Washington Post. Happy holidays. That's obvious. Greetings, fellow human presenting eventual individual. (laughs) (laughs) Greetings, fellow human presenting individual. I hope you are having a satisfactory time this arbitrarily festive period when our hemisphere tilts away from the sun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I use that one a lot. Here's another one. From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. 
Black Lives Matter, always appropriate. Mbop, ba, do, ba, dop, bop, da, ba, ba, da, ba, da, um, bop. Okay. Uh, human detected, initiate appropriate holiday greeting protocol. Uh, did you know Christmas has its pagan or- origins in Saturnalia? Mm. Hail Satan, hail Satan is number eight. <laughs> 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 oh, this is great. This this is from the movie um, Blade Runner. I love this quote, actually. Number nine, I've seen things you wouldn't believe. Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. I've watched sea beams glitter in the dark near the Tannhauser Gate. All those moments will be lost in time, like tears in rain. <laughs> time to die. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. And number 10, it's holiday in time. It sure is. Um, that was, uh, the Babylon Bee is becoming more and more important in my life. Yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> Need to be able to laugh. They're doing good work. Here's another one we might want to take a look at before we get to year in review. Best Christmas gifts for Christian for each Christian denomination. <laughs> <laughs> we did last, a couple of weeks ago, what did we do? The... Um, Oh, what was it about the it was denomination? Like which which denomination do you attend? Should you attend or something? Oh yeah, like that, we'll right? we'll tell you the pros and cons. Yeah, pros, pros and, cons. and cons of each Christian denomination. Did the uh, did the Latter Day Saints make this Christmas list? Uh, I'll tell you in a second. I'm just being uh, dazzled by this headline: Gingerbread House in California listed on Zillow for 1.9 million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, we got the Baptists, Pentecostals, Universalists, Calvary, Chapel, Catholics, Russian Orthodox, Presbyterian, Episcopalian, Angelin, Lutherans, the good kind, Lutherans, the gay kind, Methodists, <laughs> James, King James only believers, member of a Church of Christ, mega church goers, Joel Osteen. No, uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints did not make mm. the Babylon B list again. Mm, yeah, persecution. Maybe we could start a Twitter. Persecutions uh, may rage. We could start a Twitter mob and uh, try and get the Babylon Bee to finally acknowledge the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yeah, this is all part of the prophecy. <clears throat> anyway, I won't get into this, but I'll post a link to it. Um, some, is- some of the examples of gifts are for the Baptist Tupperware for casserole storage. Best complimented with a diabetes test kit. <laughs> wow! Yeah. So you you can uh, check that out. It'll this is a, this uh, this is from a Twitter account called Channel One. I don't think it's Channel One like the old Channel One news that we had in school when we were kids, but it's called Channel One, and they say we've got the highest quality AI footage in the world. Mm. Our AI generated. Anchors deliver stories that are informative, heartfelt, and entertaining. Watch the showcase episode of our upcoming news network now. And this is, you can't see it, obviously, but this is all AI-generated. Channel One, a new way of consuming, reporting, and thinking about the news powered by artificial intelligence. Today, you'll witness AI-generated stories and headlines, captivating visuals and data-driven insights. From global news to finance to entertainment, we'll show you how technology enables us to bring you a 
we'll show you how technology enables us to bring you completely fake news. I mean, this is literally fake Just news. Just completely fake. But it, the visuals are quite uh, convincing. I mean, it's hard mm. to know. It's going to be harder and harder and harder to know what you're seeing. If what you're seeing is fake or real or mm-hmm. AI or there was computer one, generated. There was one story this week that you want to be fake, but the Babylon Bee, of course, is having a field day with it. And these are my last two Babylon Bee headlines. Number one, man longs for good old days when he could go online without seeing gay capital sex tape. Oh, boy. And then their their main headline, capital janitors are deep cleaning the Senate chamber with flamethrowers. Yeah, I guess we know what happened to the uh, Capitol Hill pipe bombs. <clears throat> Yeah, that uh, that is a visual that burns your eyes. Just innocently scrolling Twitter and like every other post was a repost of that incident. I thought the person involved, his statement was really ridiculous. He's like, I'm being politically persecuted for who I love. No, no, you're being criticized for making a video of you loving who you love in a public space. There's a huge difference. And we got people still in jail over January 6th, over trespassing, being let into the Capitol. Listen, listen. Jill Biden told us decency is back on the ballot. Really? She said that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Since then, there's been a lot of indecency. Topless transgender people on the White House lawn, cross-dressers thieves it's just this administration is a is an absolute disaster not to mention all of the things that actually hurt your your liberties and your freedoms and your your life your life savings your ability to earn a living right but hey no more mean tweets well, actually, there are mean tweets because Donald Trump's been re-allowed on Twitter as lo- as, along with Alex Jones, as we talked about yeah. last week. Yeah. Well, I was, I was making a list and checking it once here. Mm-hmm. Some of the stuff that happened over the, over the year, some of the things that we were talking about, you know. The news we, cycle moves fast. The news cycle does move fast. Uh, let me just throw out a few things here. We can talk about them in any order you want. But uh, I have to say, we spend a lot of energy ruminating, postulating, discussing as friends in a you know friendly conversation, in an open-minded way. Uh, a lot of church stuff. There's a lot of, lot of thoughts on Bobby's mind this year about... <laughs> Uh, what's going on? Who are we really uh, relative to the the church we both were born into? Um, you had the Barbie movie. That was a big hit, I thought, as far as uh, Mind Virus podcasts. One of the best. Right. Far better than the movie itself. Sorry, Mrs. Bruno. Well, that's not hard. <laughs> no, the Barbie movie made uh, a lot of noise and made a lot of money. Uh, we had that submarine implosion thing that was one of those things that happened yeah. this year it's a big deal for a minute and remember the biden administration 
allowed us all to believe there was a rescue involved. And it was deflecting from some scandal related yeah. to the Biden family. Right. There's been a lot of those. A lot of those. Yeah. We had the Twitter files uh, released and huge. Twitter Twitter switched to X. Twitter files are a huge story. One of the, probably the biggest journalistic stories since like Watergate. And I they, would say it's bigger than Watergate. The problem is, is that uh, Watergate actually got press in the legacy media, got attention. Well, because the target of Watergate was somebody they didn't like. We we have yet to see this come to its fruition. In fact, you know when a when the oligarchy historically, when they um, have this kind of control, it appears that the the societal change that occurs from the what would you call it? A peasant uprising mm-hmm. tends to be much more dramatic, much more impactful than, say, like just Richard Nixon resigning. I well, and was, as I said, we said that the news cycle moves fast. The Twitter files are dead and buried. Uh, there's not going to be any accountability for what happened, what was revealed in those. There's not going to be any. We're like beyond the age of accountability. There's no accountability yeah. for anything. Other than unless you're some low-life staffer who films himself in the Senate chambers, he got fired. But, I mean, and maybe that's what, the, the, you know, maybe that was appropriate. I'm going to say maybe his boss needs to resign as well, but you know, his boss is a senator from Maryland. <clears throat> but maybe he should also resign or be kicked out of the Senate. Uh, what's odd to me you about think that? He'd, I think you'd have to establish uh, that the guy had knowledge or foreknowledge. Well, of it or maybe. Something. What's odd to me about that whole thing is, aren't there? There's got to be like forty security cameras in that room, right? I mean, the the Capitol building has it's yeah. highly secure, especially now after the insurrection. <laughs> anyway, or maybe that was just all a show. Maybe they didn't really do anything, right? Well, um, but these news cycles move fast, and, and things that are big stories like the Twitter, the Twitter files, the Twitter files should have been uh, an absolute bombshell, and they were, but so much of the mainstream press and you know, the government is involved in it that, of course, they're not going to hold themselves accountable. The FBI director is not going to be like, yeah, I did all this. I'm going to resign now. Shoot, you caught me. Mm-hmm. I'm corrupt. <laughs> well, I am a crook. But, and then, of course, the, the, the legacy media that was in on it, they're not going to hold themselves accountable. Instead, what did they do? Well, they tried to discredit Matt <clears throat> Tayabi and the other journalists involved. And Elon Musk has been a big, you know, punching bag, and he's punching right back. Um, I'm starting to like him more and more, tentatively. Yeah, I, still <laughs> I don't think trust he's, him, he's but a, he says a lot of really good things, and it makes you wonder if he's not experiencing some kind of, uh, kind of a spiritual or intellectual awakening where he's realizing there's a lot of really evil people in the world because he's now been a part of it firsthand, right? Mm-hmm. Before he bought Twitter, he was sort of just an eccentric billionaire that made electric cars and tunnels and rockets and stuff. And suddenly he got on the wrong side of the, of the powers that be and he's realizing, maybe, he's realizing these people are really actually evil. Right, or, or, or is he controlled opposition? It's again the idea of the kayfabe heel 
Yeah. Are we, are, or, or are we going to swing the pendulum back and uh, have the quote-unquote Republicans, the 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 in the righteous indignation of the conservative right, right. comes well, in and cleans up and takes us to war. You remember? And we got hell hell on earth again. You remember James Carville? He was an advisor to Clinton. He's the one I believe who's credited with saying it's the economy, stupid. Yeah, he's kind of a would you call him a an abruptly masculine looking guy, not like in a, in a good way. It's kind of like he's got a... He's a bald guy, just sort of looks like a little gremlin kind of. But yeah. he, he's out there right now saying that Christian nationalism presents a greater threat to the United States than Al-Qaeda. Rob Reiner's got a documentary coming out. He's a... He's got kind of a skeletal face. Maybe not... Carville does, yeah. Super masculine, but... Rob Reiner of... Princess Bride fame, unfortunately, because he's mm-hmm. an absolute lunatic when it comes to the politics. And almost everything he does now is political. But he's got a documentary called God and Country, I think. And it's just it's this cheap shot about how dangerous Christian nationalism is. And it, the funny thing is, no one can seem to tell me, what on earth is Christian nationalism? What is it? Even our even uh, uh, our own church uh, leaders have used it in a disparaging way. Sharon Eubank said something like, "True Christianity uh, is more important than Christian nationalism or extreme Christianity." And I was like, "What? Can you give me a definition, please? Because I'd like to know the difference." <laughs> And it's just like this, the, the Christianity of today, and I think this is one of the reasons maybe we've talked a lot about church this last year, maybe more than the other years, is because Christianity as a whole is being turned into this, uh, it's being turned into a Marxist postmodern movement where you know they're co-opting it like they do everything. And inverting it and, and, and making it this inclusive and compassionate and kind movement where it's like those things are part of Christianity, but they're not the fa- the foundation of Christianity is Christ. And well, it's did, repentance. Didn't, it's, you, didn't you tell me the Pope is now celebrating uh, same-sex marriages? More than celebrating, they're blessing. Blessing it? They're officially blessing. Now, some, some of you... Catholics or Catholic experts might be able to shed some light on what that means, but it's it's not the same, I think, as performing like a marriage ceremony, but it's blessing them officially. And I don't know what that means. If they so, is that like a, a father a father giving a daughter his blessing? Like, yeah, go ahead, marry this dude. It's I, okay with may, me. Maybe, maybe uh, there is a press release, and I didn't understand the language. Was it in Italian? No, it was just written in like weird religious ease. Like, <laughs> oh, so English? <laughs> you want me to find it? Let no, me no, find no, it's it. Okay. No, 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 no. We're <laughs> gonna, gonna go. Okay. We okay. have to. We can't leave. We can't leave the le- the, the the readers, the listeners, hanging. the listeners. You're not reading anything. We're not transcribing this. We thought about that. Remember, there. You know, there's when we first started this. We we looked at different services that would like aggregate and we could get better ideas of our traffic and there was transcription services available. And then we just thought all of that costs money. It was too much blah, blah, blah. (laughs) (laughs) Breaking Pope Francis publishes norms for clergy to bless homosexual couples. That's a headline from lifesitenews.com. 
And so they, here's in paragraph 31 of the text, Fernandez, who was someone that helped this, uh, Victor Manuel Fernandez, the, a cardinal, uh, Fernandez writes that, quote, within the horizon outlined here is the possibility of blessings of couples in irregular situations and of same-sex couples, the form of which should not find any ritual fixation on the part of ecclesial authorities in order not to produce confusion with the blessing proper to the sacrament of marriage. In these cases, a blessing is imparted that not only has ascending value, but is also the invocation of a descending blessing from God himself on those who, recognizing themselves to be destitute and in need of his help, do not claim legitimacy of their own status, but beg that all that is true of good and humanly valid in their lives and relationships be invested, healed, and elevated by the presence of the Holy Spirit. These forms of blessing express a supplication to God to grant these, those aids that come from the impulses of His Spirit, what classical theology calls present graces, so that human relationships may mature and grow in fidelity to the gospel message, free themselves from their imperfections and frailties, and express themselves in the ever-increasing dimension of divine love. You can see why I didn't understand <laughs> I like this with the ever increasing dimension of divine love that sounds like ongoing restoration <laughs> yeah yeah a lot of churchity speak there um, interesting so it was sort of a uh, speaking out of both sides of their mouth trying to have a win-win for both sides yeah, I guess. I like or, how or a win for the one side, but then a slap down so that the conserv more conservative orthodox people could say, Yeah, but did you hear what they said about how Well You needed a condescending blessing or a Yeah, the or ascending, ascending and descending. And cond and descending. So not and only is it an ascending it blessing. It seems kind of condescending. It's a descending blessing. It kind of reminds me of the way that our church handles this stuff where they say things like, we celebrate the signing and passing of the uh, Equality of Marriage Act, or whatever it was called, but remind everybody that marriage exists between a man and a woman. And then the, the technical terms of the legislation are actually damaging to that. Right, and so you, it's, it's, this is an issue like most... That it's real hard to play it down the middle, and you end up sending mixed messages, and the people involved on each side of that hear what they both want to hear. So the in the case of our our uh, church, the traditionalists hear marriage is between a man and a woman, whereas the progressives, we'll call them the progmos. <laughs> progressive Mormons, they hear, we celebrate the signing of the Marriage Equity Act and also celebrate it on the White House lawn with all the transvestites and degenerates. We even posed for pictures with yeah. them. <clears throat> so both sides, and I suspect that this is happening in the Catholic realm, are hearing what they want and are to are claiming hear. victory. <clears throat> There are some outspoken Catholic bishops and cardinals that are surprisingly not 
have not been excommunicated hmm. yet. Although, didn't they just excommunicate somebody? We covered that. Well, they, yeah, I think in they Arizona, fired him. The, I don't know if they excommunicated Somebody him. in Arizona or it somewhere. It was Texas. Texas. He had the audacity to say something like, we should repent. <laughs> something like that. Anyway, where, how'd we get off on that tangent? Well, we were oh, talking that's, about... that's just what we do. Just, <laughs> yeah. The... Uh, the church was a big topic last year, so mm, as far as year in re- review goes, if we're talking about church-related topics, that was one, the marriage thing. There's a lot uh, of news. Lots of, more disclo- lots of additional disclosure, disclosures about the finances, you know, the SEC mm-hmm. thing, the senior leadership. Right. We consider the matter closed. The SEC story was a big deal in, you know, Tempest in a Teapot. We lied, but and we're admitting it, but we're not admitting it in the way you would expect. We're going to pay a $5 million fine. Right. We're never going to talk about this again. Right. You know. Then there was the later, uh, you know, the, the IRS dingdom as well, and Todd Budge, mm-hmm. member of the presiding bishopric with his incredible statement. It wasn't meant to be an accurate statement. It wasn't yeah, meant so that to was be the an accurate statement. That we lied on an official form. Right. He said it's not an accurate statement. It wasn't meant to be an accurate right. statement. It was only meant to say that we don't feel like we need to fill out that form. Yeah. And uh, obviously, if you or I tried that, I don't think Curtin McConkie would be there defending us in court. Yeah. Just some bizarre stories. Well, all these things individually hushed up, you know, not talked about, not really, you know, damage controlled on on KSL, the local communist rag. Um, they don't they don't seem to be amounting to much cumulatively in in the public mind. Right. But, but not that we little can by see. little, as you know, men come to their senses one at a time taken as a whole, they become pretty damaging. I mean, if you have a, a memory here, if you have a, you, you can definitely excuse all this behavior as well. We have to play along with the establishment in order to maintain our 501c3 charity status or in order to be able to get missionaries into Arkansas and Maine and, well, I mean, you know, other exotic countries like China or whatever. Sure. That's usually the excuse is that we have to play suck up not just play nice but play suck up mm-hmm. and and uh, win in rome do as the romans do sort of a thing so you can chalk it up to that um but i mean the big things that are sticking in my mind and my uh you know just they won't go away are that they're they're small they're 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 things that were said on the mar- on the fringes in 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 uh you know careful ways their official policy but they're kind of kept private and under the radar and th- there are things like this that in times of crisis all we believe that all individual rights can be reasonably restricted right in extraordinary circumstances is that what it was all Individual rights may be reasonably restricted for that, a time. That that's that was that's in the danger zone, guys. That's that the was danger zone. Twenty twenty. And that was also part of our. That was during this time frame when the church was using 
good global citizen quite a bit. Yeah. We're also told that getting the vaccine, which is a literal godsend, is part of our duty to be a good global citizen. Right. There's that you add that to the list. So so you've got the <clears throat> the uh, re- individual rights problem, you have the good global citizen discussion, you have the get your vaccine, it's a, a little godsend, it's safe and effective, and uh, oh, the, the, the flip-flop on the masks, it wasn't really, had, they hadn't come out and made a stance on it, but the, the idea that we're going to go along with the masking uh, we're going to have the guys at BYU do a, right. a meta, uh, you know, just a, a meta bullcrap, bullcrap meta-analysis. It was just bull. I mean, it. Well, and we uh, were told when you really look at the details. We were told that the ma- wearing a mask was Christ-like behavior. Yeah these these guys have people the 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 senior leadership have people that make sure they don't make public statements that go against the the general agenda of the church that don't make the church look bad. So when they tweet, when they, when they make these comments, this is very, very massaged, very much, uh, double checked. These aren't, they aren't freelancing. Right. They don't relative to the organization. It's been a long time since people have been able to, there aren't unscripted. They're not, there's no unscripted, like you don't get Jay Golden Kimball up there swearing from the pulpit anymore. You don't get, you don't get people right. making comments off the cuff. This is very, very important to the uh, the organization of the church that they keep a uh, a very unified, a very controlled, and a very um, manicured public message out there. On that note, there was a curious statement made by did we did we mention the new uh, member of the twelve? Kieron, Kieron. I think I called he's him Pieron. He's a Brit. I think I accidentally called him Pieron, which is a combination of Patrick and Kieron. Well, it but could have been Pier, you, that you were Kieron. postulating Pier, Pearson was going to be in. He factors into the urine review because he made the comment about, should you ask God whether you should go on a mission? Dumb question. Right. But uh, Elder Kieron, Kieron? I don't know. He you said uh, you want. he had a statement, a video You're statement. You're the pronunciator in chief. Where he says, he says, have, do, you, do you, have you wondered what it's like to be an apostle? It feels exactly as you'd imagine. And I'll let you think on that or wonder on that. <laughs> well, now I'm wondering on that. Does it mean like, do you have your... Did they confiscate his journals yet? Well, it seems uh, it seems like the type of statement that we've heard um, a great deal, especially on the fringes in the last fifty years. That you know, uh, it's too sacred, or you know, right, we're going to leave it, we're going to leave this to your imagination. Well, and he's making this statement rather like, than rather than I knew it. I knew that God knew it, and I could not deny it. I had actually heard a voice. I'd seen two personages. We don't hear that very he, often. And he's making this statement like three days after his call. I, I, I suspect he doesn't know what it's like yet. He's not even been in a meeting <laughs> with his new quorum yet. Like it's just, a, it's just kind of a funny, strange thing. I'll let you wonder on that. Well, he's known for a while though. I'm, I'm sure it wasn't released. Uh, maybe. He probably has known for a few weeks or months. Maybe. I don't know how they do that. 
they always, you know, the origin stories are always like, I was sitting in my living room enjoying the newspaper when my phone rang. Mm -hmm. I knew I was in trouble when I heard President Nelson on the other end. You know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. This uh, Kieran guy's got some, his origin story is already kind of being massaged, right? He's a convert. And he supposedly met his wife in London. But he's 10 years older than she is. And they met when he was 26 or 27. Which really? would make her 16 or 17, maybe 18, depending on the... And, and that's quite young. That's quite young. <laughs> I'm not going to... I'll let you wonder on that. Okay. But, um, <clears throat> but yeah, they're already sort of creating this mythology around him, as they do. And, and it, one of the things on my mind... Uh, over the last little while, and it's sort of emphasized with this uh, new Call to the Twelves. We just don't know a lot about these people, these men. We just don't know. Like, for example, they in the press release with Elder Kieran, they say uh, he's worked in business and communications and automotive, and he's lived and worked in England, the United States, and Saudi Arabia. And Saudi Arabia is a big red flag right there. And, and then we find out his dad was a, in the British Air Force and worked in Saudi Arabia doing what? Selling weapons. Sure. To the Saudis. Well, it's a good patriotic dad. And he has a quote in this book, says something like, in normal circumstancing, selling weapons is frowned upon, but not in this circumstance. Hmm. Essentially, I paraphrase that. But, but, and, then, and so then my brain goes, well, did did father did son follow father? Was Elder Kieran also involved in the in the weapons business? You know, and it started, but we don't know. It's like I've I've actually looked, tried to look it up. Who you know, what's his business history? Which companies did he work for? What were his roles? I think it's a it's it's important for us to know as much as we can about these men. Because of the implications of, What's his of, net their, worth? of their positions, right? Because we're our our accessibility to what are called saving ordinances depends on our support and oath like now we're at the redefinition of the word sustain, our oath like mm -hmm. uh commitment to follow them, to obey them. So you can see why this weighs heavy on uh, Mr. Flood's mind. I would just say, you know, these people have, uh, they only have the control that you allow them to have over you. We've, we've talked a great deal about how, but, uh, to, but, quote, to quote Nephi, the, or it's actually Jacob, that the keeper of the gate is the Holy One of Israel, and he right. employeth no servant there, Second Nephi chapter 9, verse but we 41. Give, we give these guys a great deal of control. Give. We do. That's the culture. That's the, the, yeah. the you know, Sherry Dew called them the least fallible men on earth. I, I don't know how they measure that, but I'm curious. I'm, she had six questions that she had contrived that you right. could ask. And so, like, how are they I, the least fallible? And they, he was actually, and, and he was also, they put the press release out and he had already been called and ordained. And, People have pointed out that that's not really in, 
in accordance with the law of common consent, right? The, the people, us, were never uh, able to, Consulted. to give our consent. And I, I think a better methodology would be to announce, they could have announced, we, we would like to call this person to the Quorum of the Twelve. We will, uh, we will ordain him or we will, we will ratify or sustain him on at the next general conference. In the meantime, we invite you to, to pray on our, on our nomination, our selection here. And, and this is, you know, this is who he is and he'll be available for question and answers on this date and this date. Like, but that's just not, that's not reality. They call and ordain him and there's nothing we can do about it. And now we are put in a position where you you have to sustain this person or else people start to wonder about your where your loyalties lie. You can ask some of the questions Sherry do ask. You can say, is there anyone you would trust to give you better, more inspired advice? You can ask that. <laughs> than someone uh, I've never met. What, what leaders are more... What leaders are more trustworthy than prophets? You can ask, uh, are there any other positions of high influence in the world that are devoid of electioneering, campaigning, self-promotion, bias, ladder climbing, and the influence of other men and women? So is she implying or <laughs> stating that... Did you read the article? That I did. but I'll link to it. But I think... So none of that stuff goes on in the church office building? Are there any other leaders of whom the Holy Ghost unfailingly bears witness? Do you know 15 smarter men who care about you more? <laughs> you can read the article. I don't think we talked about that one on the air. Maybe we did. LDS Living. But uh, no, the church, but we, the church was a big focus, and, and we, uh, I'm, I'm happy to continue to talk about it. I, there were some other, I don't, know, I don't know if you finished your thought there, but there were some other really interesting things that happened this year. Uh, Budweiser went woke and then got broke. Uh, that was interesting, right? That happened this year. Silicon Valley Bank yeah. failed. Uh, yeah. We discussed war a lot. FTX uh, was a big scandal. Yeah, the FTX, F, the FBI killed a guy in Utah uh, for making threats against the president. Yeah, well, he got what was he deserved, right? That, that was sort of the story. <laughs> we uh, we did review a couple of movies, Barbie and White Noise. Remember that movie? That was interesting. Yeah. Interestingly, there's a connection. Between Barbie and White Noise. Yeah. Yeah. Greta, what's her name? Greta Van Thunberg? Uh, you're thinking of the climate activist? <laughs> Greta Gerwig? Is that her name? I don't know. It's the, the leader of the band or something over there. Greta is, she was in White Noise and she wrote and directed Barbie. Mm-hmm. Well, also, let me throw a few things out here. The Hawaii wildfires occurred. Mm, yeah. Big question mark. You don't talk about that anymore. People were burnt out of their homes and lands, and now it's, let's never, let's never speak of this again. Right now, that's in the phase of all of the big investors coming in and buying up all yeah. of the land because the locals are too poor to uh, do anything, to pay the insurance and the, you know. Well, since they don't have pro- productive. Their- since no one can come in and pay the rents anymore, if they had mortgages, right. then if they didn't own it outright, they're, they have expenses, so they'll, have, they'll be forced to sell in the next year or two. Uh, we had some Canadian wildfires that mm-hmm. influenced pol- uh, policies and, and um, politics in Canada. King Charles was coronated. 
Finally. Uh, the Brazilians had their own version of January 6th. Uh, Bolsonaro was ousted in a similar way as Trump, and they got a, a similar Biden-style puppet down there. And uh, Trump has been repeatedly harassed in, and, and many other Trump supporters have been repeatedly, har- repeatedly harassed in the legal system. Mm-hmm. That's not everything that happened this year, but those are some of the big things that uh, that hit the news cycle that we were um, that we were talking about. I, I wonder, you know, I, I I wonder what those things are that we've never heard about that are going to influence us, come and get us. Oh, the Hamas. We we didn't talk about that. The that was a big one. The Israeli war broke out. Right. That was a big deal. I think that we don't know just how big that is yet. Uh, I mean, that could lead to the end of the world. We said that about Ukraine and Russia, too, and that's sort of in the back burner. Yeah, we did We did discuss war quite a bit, but it's been, that one's been dragging on. And I on. think, yeah, I think the, the, the defense industry kind of got what they needed out of that, which was a lot of money. And now they can go up to the major leagues with uh, Israel Hamas. And it's an interesting thing because traditionally you have maybe in the past entities that would be, would side heavily with Israel are now starting to say Israel's at fault. Hamas is just freedom fighters. You've had, a, you've had a lot of scandal over this, like the Harvard uh, plagiarism president. Right. President her, plagiarism. Her name is gay. This is uh, just an unusual confluence of She's also things. gay. She uh, has, it's been found that she plagiarized five different. Uh, five of the 11 papers that she wrote in yeah. the last like 30 years. Yeah. And now, that, now they're making excuses for that. She was essentially unanimously supported by all of her, all of their faculty over there in, in the East at Harvard way back east right in la la land i I can't understand why anybody would think it'd be a good idea to go spend two hundred thousand dollars or whatever it is to go to that school or any of those not at this point yeah so so that was an interesting recent scandal that yeah she's just protected so Nothing's yeah, gonna she she well, she was never really qualified to be in that position in the first place. She doesn't have a big scholarly background or or library, and it's clear that she's a diversity hire. And this is what happens when you hire people based on that kind of thing instead of their experience and their merit and their what they can, you know, their their commitment to excellence. Right. It has nothing to do with the color of her skin, just the quality of her work. Right. Which is terrible. It's not even her work. One of the authors she plagiarized has come out and asked for her resignation. And of course she gets ignored and she's a black woman, but not the right kind of black woman, I guess. I guess that we we're finding in 2023 that everything is political. Oh yeah. Everything has been politicized. So Harvard can't just be an institution of learning. It's political. Budweiser can't just be a beer. It's political. Right. Barbie can't just be a fun um right uh doll for men from germany that gets turned into a girl's <laughs> toy uh <laughs> right a pinup doll it was a pinup doll <laughs> it can't just be that it has to be political and it's not just that this stuff is political it's that it's like overtly jam it down your face leftist marxist just diatribes it's cuz you know you can have 
movies that are political in nature or have sort of a political message laced in there. But these are not that. These are just like, mm-hmm. like Budweiser having Dylan Mulvaney. It, they probably paid Dylan Mulvaney a, a few thousand dollars to do this little TikTok Made thing. Made a can for him. And it cost them billions. Yeah. <laughs> they might as well have just paid him billions because it seems like they didn't quite figure it out either (laughs) you know they were really slow to figure it out i don't think they've even i don't think they've figured out i don't know if they even care they still haven't i I think they're just in the they're just thinking if we wait long enough people will forget about it but i i wonder if america is finally at least parts of america if they're finally growing a memory well it People change like their when after a long train of abuses, right? Blah 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 blah. In the case of Bud Light, I think people change their habits and they just stop buying it. And now when they go to the store, they don't really remember. Oh, I'm not supposed to buy Bud Light, but they just buy the other kind. You don't care because their habit changed. I don't know, but I don't think the last I heard was that they still hadn't really financially recovered. And uh, I'm sure that they regret mistakes make mistakes were made we regret them we consider the matter closed yeah and that was very public i wonder if things like churches shutting down for months and months and months if that's just not very public like haven't we kind of noticed that in our own church that the attendance is right off it is not and it, i think yeah it's what about half or a third or not a third maybe two thirds it's probably yeah well in our particular area, area uh the difference between pre covid and post is in in attendance is anywhere between you get about 50 to 75% of what you used to get depending on the day and and, and we've spoken of this that it, this has been a a worldview shakeup a, a resetting of people's understanding these last few years and and the churches factor into it because if you're if you're in a denomination that ever talks about the second coming or has has in its psyche uh, any sort of a tendency to to discuss apocalyptic topics or end times, which if you have the Bible as part of your standard works or mm-hmm. the Book of Mormon or the Joseph Smith translation stuff in the Pearl of Great Price, those are on people's minds, right? The Doctrine and Covenants section 45, right? Um, I got to verify that's 45, but I think that's a very similar to Matthew 24. The If that's in your blood at all, then you were expecting certain elements of the society to stand up when COVID hit, to stand up when we see the the um, the woke agenda to stand up when we we see the war agenda right those those are the types of things people were expecting and so when the churches just went silent and went along with it um well, it's kind of a big deal and in some cases not just went along but promoted beyond you know went above and beyond even what the governments were telling them to yeah do. you know it's the we talked about Bill Cosby's tonsils, right? Your tonsils are supposed to guard the entrance to your mouth. <laughs> They've got bazookas and machine guns, you know, and they keep all the bad guys out. Well, well, son, I'm sorry to tell you, but your tonsils have joined the other side. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, I fully expected 
leaders of our church and others to stand up and say, at the very least, say, "Well, we got to slow this down." This in you know, in spring twenty twenty. Yeah, I mean, the the leaders that are emerging are people like that Billboard Chris guy and that Canadian pastor that mm-hmm. was thrown in jail. The Billboard dude, he was violently attacked by this transgender mm-hmm. mob, and um, he he goes around and he just wears a billboard and tries to. Yeah, he, he puts himself out there. He's expecting he's going to get confronted, but he goes out to put the message out so that there there can be an opposition message to this. His his craziness. little sandwich boards say things like, "Children cannot consent to pu- puberty blockers," and the transgender Which is the way contract law has been viewed right. in Western society for centuries. Well, if I if I go down to a tattoo parlor with a twelve year old. And say he'd like a tattoo, a big snake with a dagger on his back. The tattoo parlor is going to say, "Nah, right? I'm not doing that." If I take the same kid to a to a doctor, to a doctor, Doctor Mangala, and and say he'd like you to chop him up and turn him into a girl, the doctor might say, "No problem, sign here." <laughs> it's just so, everything is so inverted and upside down. But yeah, the the people I thought should have and would have stood up didn't and still haven't. Still haven't in a lot of cases. Now there's been some there's been some preachers and pastors and church uh types who have um and are are speaking boldly. Uh we've linked to some. There's one I can't I can't remember his name and we'll have to look it up, but he gave an awesome sermon about the reprobate mind and how we I think we have linked to that. We have in the past, and I think it's a great speech or sermon. You have uh, like Jonathan, uh, what's his name, who wrote the... Khan. Jonathan Khan has a book called Return of the Gods, which I think is really interesting. And he's got his YouTube channel, and he talks in his different... He kind of has an unorthodox view of things, and I really like it. I don't necessarily agree with the way Mm -hmm. everything he observes, but I really like it. Listening to him and... He he's pointing out like the cultural rot and the you know, the way our society is being destruct destroyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> and the reason it's being destroyed is because we're turning away from Jesus. I mean, that's what it comes mm-hmm. down to. And you have churches that are afraid to say that. So-called Christian churches are afraid to say we are in the plight we are in because we have rejected Jesus. Right, and and while the while the institutions. You know, whether they be religious, education, government, government and education are probably one and the same. question is whether the religious and the government are the one and the same. Uh, Corporations, whatever, seem to be one and the same. As we watch those kind of uh, all coalesce around the same woke ideologies and messaging, and they, and they, they seem to be inexorably you know, steadily moving in this particular direction, simultaneously you've got coming to light uh, people like Alex Jones, for example. I, I, I like the guy, I admit that. Um, he ends up back on Twitter in dramatic fashion because Tucker Carlson, who is also one of those guys that seems to have a backbone, seems to be willing to dissent to say speak his mind to say to call a spade a spade to call a man a man to call a woman a woman i mean (laughs) 
he he he's become controversial. He gets ousted from Fox, and he, while he was the top cable news show, right, right. So they just for years strangely jettisoned their best product, <clears throat> right. Uh, he decides to uh, do his own thing, and as part of that, he has Alex Jones on. And what does he do? He says, "He says, well, look at this. Let's go back and look at some of the major events that you called in advance." And he has Alex on video in the summer of 2001 talking about how there would be a false flag attack, and he mentioned that it would probably be on the Twin Towers, the World Trade Center, and they would blame it on Bin Laden. I mm-hmm. mean. He, this is, this was known in advance. If somebody knew it in advance, why did they know it? And Carlson gets into that and Alex explains why well, I just read their documents. I was right. watching what they were saying, watching kind of what the situation was. And so, and he, and he didn't want, you know, interestingly enough, Jones never, he, for as much bluster, as much bravado as the guy has, he was pretty humble about it. He never really uh, took the opportunity to go full on arrogant on us. He he's basically no. This is this is my life. This is I'm saturated in it. I understand it because I, you know, I, he feels it's his mission to expose this stuff. Right? It's it's it comes across as very sincere if you can get past his gravelly voice and they're turning the frogs gay. You know. Buy my video game. You know, it went, no, I think the Carl, Tucker Carlson interview, which we linked to last year, or sorry, last podcast, was, uh, was really significant. If you watch that discussion, it's like between two really genuine guys. And, and the, the worst thing that Alex does in the show is suck up to, to Tucker. If you want to find a fault with Alex, he's <laughs> sucking up to Tucker as if Tucker's so great. And, um, Maybe that's sincere. Maybe it's a little bit of showmanship. Maybe it's thanks for putting me back on the air and and helping my cause. Because because Alex is broke, you know his his company's in bankruptcy. He's had all these judgments against him for for uh, defamation, basically for mean tweets, essentially. You know, mean mean comments, making uh, making comments that traditionally would be considered protected speech, and having the courts turn on him. And uh, my point in bringing all this up and giving this context, because it deserves our attention. If you are a thinking person, if you are a real person, a rational person, not a non-player character, but like a real person, okay? If you're not sold out to the company, whatever that company is, the corporation or whatever it is that you're, whatever organizational um perceived reality you're trying to protect if you're not fully sold out to that you have to look at situations like this and say alex predicted in advance the direction and the specifics and other people did this one thing that woke me up to looking at the world differently was when the 2008 crisis hit because i was oblivious Mm -hmm. i went back and i said there were people warning about this why were they warning about it? What what ideas had they espoused? What information had they seen that warned them that the economy was in a bubble? You know, Michael Blurry, Burry, is it Burry or Blurry? Burr. The guy, the yeah. guy from the uh, Big Short that Christian I think Bale it's played. Burr, but I, but yeah, I now we have to look it up. Okay. Anyway, people like that. 
It's Burry without a L. He's not blurry. He's Burry. <laughs> but uh, people like that. There, uh, Peter Schiff was a guy that I ended mm-hmm. up watching a lot in the um, uh, aftermath of the 2008 crisis. He's a big proponent of gold right. uh, and precious metals. <clears throat> but he's he's been like a one-track, one-note uh, accordion. So he's... <laughs> That, that people would make the argument that a broken clock is right twice a day mm-hmm. for for him, <clears throat> but I, I think it's it's hard to predict the collapse of a society and the reasons why. <clears throat> excuse me, down to uh, you know down to the year when these types of cycles take decades to play out. Right, and so you know he's pretty much in the ballpark. But anyway, what I'm saying is that. And I got to be very careful how I say this. You can infer whatever you want, but you should not um, try to punish me for this kind of speech without personally following through all the way through this kind of a rabbit hole, through this thought process, and really determining the reality of the situation. But, but in my case, the people that were supposed to be the foretellers, the ones that had the, the understanding of the pulse of the situation and were warning us about it, were not the ones I thought they were supposed to be. Right. Right. And we have had people in our Utah Mormon culture that have been that voice. I mean, I remember President Hinckley telling us to get out of debt warning us against interest, you know, this was, a lot of people brought this up in the 2007-2008 crash that that had been suggested. Is that also when he said, I'm not prophesying anything? (laughs) Do you remember that? Right, he did, yeah. He wanted to back away from Yeah, he didn't want to create a firestorm or something. But but it was odd to me that he would want to, like, say, I know that you sustain me as a prophet here and revelator, and what I'm about to say is not prophecy. Uh-huh. And it turned out to be really sound advice, and even it, prophetic. But it was many years before, right? Right, sure. So it was, and it was fairly general, a lot less specific than the right. government's going to perpetrate a false flag and blame it on Osama bin Laden, <laughs> and they're going to destroy the Twin Towers. I mean, that's right. pretty specific. Uh, but but I, I think that's important. I think we have guys like Ezra Taft Benson who served simultaneously as an apostle, a member of the Quorum of the Twelve, and the Eisenhower cabinet-level secretary of agriculture. He was visiting with people like, I think it was Khrushchev over in uh, Russia, t- teaching them how American farming worked and trying mm-hmm. to help them out, you know, trying to share the love. The and, and, and some of his contemporaries talking about the massive globalist conspiracy that came to fruition, you know, 30 years before people now can say they were right. The John Burt Society was right. Mm-hmm. Everything they've been warning about has, not everything, but you know what I mean. The it's, things, yeah. the main things they've been warning about have come to fruition and we are powerless to stop this inexorable movement in that direction because... We are in debt. Our minds have been broken by the public government schools. Our our kids have been fully indoctrinated, so many to the point where the they believe that they can change their gender. I mean, who, some of the some of the potential craziness that these types of people warned about. And again, it wasn't just Mormon 
uh, leaders in the 60s that realized that the United Nations is a satanic organization. There were a lot of people, you know, right. lots of Christians, it's, lots of lots of people around the world, especially those who have been under attack by the, yeah. the uh, war machine of the Western establishment. There, there, there are people who known about this. Benson warned us about the UN, and now the leaders of the same organization that he led give the UN millions of dollars. <laughs> that's how, like, that's the flip-flop. And it's only been a, a few, like a couple decades, a few decades, 30, 40, 50 years <clears throat> be, that we've gone from, say, this is a satanic organization to meeting regularly with them and financially helping them Inter- in the tunes of tens of millions of dollars. Entertaining them, trying to make Utah a cradle of the fourth industrial revolution. Now, you have to look at Utah and go, look, we prosper. Yeah, Utah sure. prospereth. That's because we are the cradle of the fourth industrial revolution. The Google that. Silicon slopes. Google Utah cradle fourth industrial revolution. The, the leaders in Utah use that. They proudly proclaim we oh, are the cradle of this. You know, compared to the rest of the world, a lot is well in Utah. Yeah, but it's uh, it's, it's a, all it's well. A veneer. There's a well. I don't. I would argue not all is well. But a, a lot rot. of people could say all is well in Utah. There's a rot underneath it all. God prospers Utah. That, therefore, everything everybody in Utah does must be blessed of God. And that great city, how could it in one day be brought low? I mean, right? It, it can. It it's can. a great city. It's a great city. It's it's really if you're if you're a thinking person if you're a genuine person if you're willing to confront some of these <clears throat> difficult things it's a sobering reality right it's a sobering it's a sobering position to be in because uh, you know it seems like we're speaking a little bit in veiled terms and I uh, that's be, only because it applies almost you know it's it's not just a church. It's not just a beer company. <laughs> well, it's, it's infected the, it's, the whole of society. The and question these, is, is it your kid's elementary school? Yes. Po- very possibly it is in Utah even. Yes. Is it your, uh, you know, your dentist? Is it your doctor who recommended your, you take the literal godsend of a vaccine? Right. That's the, que- the, the mind virus is very pervasive. And, it, and just because we're out of the quote-unquote pandemic doesn't mean the, the virus has subsided. In, in fact, is it possible that it's gotten more ground? Is it possible that, and I'm not saying we shouldn't resist evil and um, lies and principles that are going to drag our society down, but in the end, once the, once the mind virus has been fully... Um, the virus, not the show not the show but once the <laughs> once the populace has fully accepted or not not the whole populace but half of the populace has accepted the mind virus and the if the other half fights back that serves the purposes of the adversary just as well when moroni although the very powers of hell were shaken by men like moroni he stood his ground for a while but the nephite civilization inevitably mm-hmm tanked 
Succumbed, well, succumbed to secret combinations. Succumbed to the criminal syndicate of people like Amalekai. You know, Alex Jones, when he was asked about the 9-11 prediction, he said, you know, he basically, you know, he said the, the predictive programming was out there. I remember pre-9-11 seeing a Newsweek or a Time magazine or something like that with Osama bin Laden on the cover. I think I even had that issue and read it. Really? And on 9-11, I thought, I wonder if this is that bin Laden guy. Because mm. I had just read about him a few months prior. Yeah. If memory serves correct, right? The predictive, predictive programming is real. And we should do a deep dive. I know we've talked about it. But right now, you have a film out called Leave the World Behind, produced by the, the Obamas. Okay, I'm waving a red flag. Did you watch it? I haven't yet. Did you? No, I thought maybe you might have, an, uh, but I decided not to watch it because for, for some reason I was probably entertaining myself some other way. Some other movie. Then you have a movie coming out in the spring. We were watching, we were watching a, when I was thinking about it, there the family was watching this comedian named Leanne Morgan. I'll just give her a shout out. Okay. Have you ever heard her? Mm-mm. I don't Hilarious. Think so. She's like a grandma in her, this lady who's just talks about you found his family and women issues. She's pretty clean. You found a funny female comedian. She's great, actually. That's, it was very funny. That's if a you, rare find. If, you, if you're married and you have a family and you're getting a little older, this lady was hilarious. Leanne Morgan. Okay. I'll put a link to her up on the site. There's another film coming out in the spring called Civil War, real subtle. And it looks to be a, a story about a modern America that erupts into civil war. And a lot of people are pointing out between that and leave the world behind, like they're telling us where they want to go. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that the powers that be, the oligarchy, the Satanists, whatever you want to call them, they tell us where they <laughs> want to go they tell us and we ought to listen so my understanding was like um leave the world behind is about a cyber attack that shuts the grid down the power grid or something something like that which that we've postulated that internet kill switch uh the money kill mm-hmm. switch stuff the cyber attack we've, we've talked about that several times we've made predictions bobby <laughs> predictions are easy yeah <laughs> If you're wrong, you just say, well, you didn't have enough faith to make my prediction come true. Or you but, just don't talk about it. Yeah. it. It is it is interesting when you look back at somebody like Alex Jones and the, the total body of his work. He's, he's, I don't know if you'd say predicted, but talked about a lot of things that maybe haven't obviously come to fruition also. But it's, it's a warning. It's that they're talking about this. Usually he couches it in terms of they're talking about this. This may happen. It's in their documents. Well, you just listen to the lunatics at like COP28 or the WEF forums. I mean, the stuff they talk about is insane. And you have to take them seriously because they take it seriously. Right, right. And these people truly believe that they're chosen by God to run the world. They believe that people are, are... are out of control. There's too many of People us. People are a herd. They're a herd to be managed like cattle. Yeah, and there's too many of us, and so we've ruined the earth for all of the smart, enlightened people. We need to cut down the population by about 80%, so only the enlightened are left. Uh, these people really believe this stuff. It's their religion, and these, these guys are the high priests of that religion, and they go and they 
They talk about what they want to do. They want to feed us bugs. They want to, you know, John Kerry says, if we don't eliminate a bunch of farming, people will starve. Think, think, think that, about that for a minute. Think of that in your head. If we don't eliminate a bunch of farming, people will starve. Right. Think about it for a minute. <laughs> in other words, they want you to starve. They want you dead. Act like you want to live because they're trying to kill you. Right. Alex Jones said it right. I mean, but, and we laugh and we joke at these guys. We're like, wow, these people are completely, they're morons, but they're very powerful morons. They run the governments of the world. They run the media companies. They run the military industrial complex. They run the pharmaceutical companies. They run the churches. They run the schools and the universities. It's an awful situation that seeks to overthrow the freedom and liberty of all nations. And we're supposed to be aware of that and right. to warn and to scream and yell about it. Well, and to repent, to change right. our heart and, minds. And ultimately, that's the only that's thing the only we thing can the Lord do. Sa- the Lord commands <clears throat> you that you repent. That's the only that's thing right. we can do. We can't, like, tweeting isn't going to change the minds of these people. But you can change your heart yeah. and your mind. You can get yourself right with God. Well, I, I've mentioned before Hugh Nibley's <clears throat> kind of, I wouldn't call it autobiographical documentary they did called Faith of an Observer. It was Truman Madsen, right? But he was alive at the time, so I have to imagine that he had a lot of input into it. And he, he says in that there's basically only two things we can do. We can repent. Again, that means metanoia, change your heart and mind, have a cosmic shift in your heart and mind, understand things differently, behave differently, right? We can do that. We can repent and we can forgive. That's rough, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, That's a rough mm -hmm. assessment of the situation. We don't have much that we can really do to force the change that we might want to force, but we can forgive and we can repent. And getting back to our cosmological discussions, we also have to realize this is the death world, the war world, the one that doesn't survive, the entropy world. Right. God's going to burn it. I listened. Did, did, you, did, you, did you like my um, meme that I made when we uh, had the, the Da Vinci Salvador Mundi it was this, one of his students that had copied his work, and he's holding the burning world in his hand. Mm-hmm. Talks about, I can't remember what, what that meme was. I think I thought it was pretty good. For one of the episodes, right? Yeah. Was it was titled Virtue Vent. <coughs> oh, the cover it was image? hashtag light the world. Oh, right. <laughs> and he's got a, I forgot that he had a match, and he's holding the world in his hand. Yeah, the day is coming that shall burn as an oven. Those that are coming shall burn them up and leave them neither root nor branch. The inevitable end of this thing that we're caught up in is that it, on a macroscopic level, gets lit up. There's some pretty you serious know? Christian nationalism coming down the, <laughs> down the way. But you're right. This is a fallen, corrupt world. I, I listened to a few uh, near-death experience um, podcasts or YouTube videos, mm-hmm. and they're, those are interesting because they differ sometimes in the detail, but where they all sort of agree is that they didn't want to come back, and when they came back, it was felt very heavy, mm-hmm. painful. It's clear that this is not our natural eternal state this well, is a foreign place for the us. scriptures call it a fallen state right right a fallen world 
and it's literally it literally is fallen it's just something we we have kind of given lip service to at least in our uh, lds circles and we we've failed to really understand the predicament and so nibley's comments we can forgive and we can repent we can repent and we can forgive it's really pretty astute you know and if we all did repent and forgive at the same time that would lead to a better world mm-hmm. but since it, well if everybody actually did it it would lead to zion yeah we would have zion here yeah so it's it's the but it's the only thing really that would do it because you can't go out and force your neighbor right, right. You can't, you, you're going to create zion by um by war yeah, that's what they were. They tell us. Or you're going to create it by political wranglings. You're going to b- build a temple in somebody's community and then piss off all the locals, uh, change the covenants and ordinances, lobby the city council, and make people angry. That's Zion, right? Right. No, that's just anti-Mormons with pitchforks and torches, right? Like, literally, that's what people say. Oh, those are the same. Because you have that. You're referring to Casper, Wyoming, and also Heber City, Utah, right? I don't know. I was just thinking out loud possibilities well, well yeah. you'd Possibility. men- you had mentioned something like that before right on this podcast that there was some sort of a like you'd think that you might go oh you you really don't like this okay well how can we work with you to do something you like mm-hmm. well um, in the case of casper or, or maybe maybe we won't do that here maybe people should just drive right 30 minutes down to salt lake where there's several temples in the valley on the, in the case of Casper, Wyoming, they're not telling the church to pound sand. They're not telling them you can't build this. They're just saying build it in accordance with our pre-existing rules. Ordinances. And, <laughs> that's, and you would think the church would just say, all right, that's cool. We'll do that. We'll, turn the, we'll have the lights off, and we'll make the tower smaller. And maybe they've ended up agreeing to that. I haven't followed. Yeah. What what, up what on how, it. what's the deal in Hebrew City? Is Hebrew City just not want it? Well, you have people. So the lot is out on the east side of Heber towards a neighborhood that's sort of one of those kind of spacious mountainous neighborhoods, right? Yeah, big open spaces, horse properties. And if you're a person that lives there, you've bought that lot and that home because it's feels like you're out yeah. in the mountains, yeah. out in the woods. And they don't want this big, bright building ruining, right the their, yeah, ruining their night vision. Or their, the feeling <laughs> the, of their, their plus, r- rural uh, equestrian park community. Plus the, <laughs> the, you know, the traffic might be a factor as well. And, and I think that's sort of similar to Casper. They're not saying don't do it, maybe just saying, can you do it differently? And, I don't know what what where that stands, but it's not. It's it's just silly and it's lazy for us on the Mormon side of it to say it's just it's just angry Californians who live in Park City and and Heber now and and they just hate the Mormons. Well, you got the just kind of shifting gears here a little bit. You've got the money issue. There's a lot in the Doctrine and Covenants about buying up lands to create mm-hmm. Zion. Mm-hmm. You know, you could argue the church buying all this land is productive for a lot of reasons um because we got to have resorts in zion (laughs) 
so it it just seems like there is some sort of a historical precedent for using the money. Well, obviously, a church the size of the LDS Church would need land to build buildings and temples on. That's well, you know, that's what they not were, controversial. But in the Doctrine and Covenants, what they were doing with the money was they were buying land and giving it to people for their inheritance mm-hmm. and their stewardship, right? That which is a significantly different uh, thing than how it's looked at right now. Well, and that right now the the church owns land that has nothing to do with churches or temples. They own resorts, they own malls, they own giant cattle ranches sure. in multiple states. And I'm not making a value statement on that. It's just a fact. They just, I mean, look at the public landowner records and you'll see Corporation of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or Corporation of the Bishopric of the, you see it all over the place. Not to, And that's only the obvious ones. I'm sure there's, I know that there's also companies yeah. that aren't obviously part of Probably the, more than we know. Right. Like the warehouse in England was purchased by the church under a name, a different name. Yeah, we, right. it's, it's interesting because in the Doctrine and Covenants, you talk, it talks about Zion a lot, and um, there are kind of different Zions. You have uh, the land of Zion, which was Missouri. Mm-hmm. That was considered to be Zion, and the stakes of Zion were out there in Missouri, and then it kind of switched to Illinois at a certain point. But there's an interesting statement given um is it in moses man i'm not on on the top of my game here with the uh with the chapter and verse but it is something like for this is zion the pure in heart so even even though there was a lot of um stockton comments section 90 saying Thus saith the Lord, let Zion rejoice, for this is Zion, the pure in heart. And um, the point is that, and this is this section 97 was 1833, even though people were flocking to Missouri, and that was before a lot of the, the problems came to a head in Missouri. They, they found that there was still resistance in Missouri that early on, but it, it all kind of came to a head in the late 1830s. But the Lord explains to him, well, you know, really Zion is the pure in heart. It's kind of like um, Thor Ragnarok when when Asgard gets burned by Surtur and his mm-hmm. massive sword, and you've got Hela, the sister, running around gouging out Thor's eye, and all this crazy <laughs> stuff is going on. The people have to leave, and uh, they... Thor explains to him, well, Asgard is a people, not a place, right? And that's, that's the big question. What really is Zion? And if, right. it's the, if it's the people, and if it's the pure in heart, well, then the expansion, the purification, the change of the heart and mind, the true metanoia, repentance, would be critical. And people forgiving, you know, allowing for others to do that, I mean, Nibley's got a point. Well, yeah, I mean, that is all we can do. The question is, how do you stand your ground while the world's burning around you? You know, what right. you, what's, your, what's your responsibility? Do you do the anti-Nephi-Lehi thing and let them kill you? Let them, let them indoctrinate your kids? Let them turn the frogs and your kids into transvestites or whatever? Um, do you let them, do you seed, do you seed the intellectual 
uh, field to the crazies and let untruth and unreality stand? Or do you, do you make a point? That's the, what hill do you die on? That's the question for, I think, a lot of um, principled good people out there today is, what, what is my re- responsibility? Or do I just run to the cave like ether and hide and watch, watch and wait? All of those things have a scriptural precedent. Right. Yeah, it's a, that's where you've got to be in, in tune with the Spirit. I don't think that God wants us to just lay down and, and, and die and to, and to let this, this virus, this movement, whatever, to just steamroll us and, and turn us into things we're not. Well— I think, and I think a lot of the changing of the heart and mind occurs because a friend or an acquaintance says something that right, sparks. Right. It's something true that sparks something in you, and you look and you, you go, oh yeah. Or world events. I mean, Second Nephi twenty-eight is perhaps one of the chapters that uh, the LDS really needs to take personally to you know, as if the warnings are spoken to us. And it's it's got the all is well in Zion. The God will beat mm-hmm. us beat us with a few stripes. The uh, you know uh, be careful about claiming you're the true church right there at the start. Um, the one of the things in there is a, it says that the kingdom of the devil must shake and must tumble to the earth, <clears throat> so that people will change their hearts and minds, so that they will repent. Right. That that that's a necessary part of the process, and and so if we live in Babylon, if we live in the kingdom of the devil, you know, who are you? I am the god of this world. You, the god of this world. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, you've looked over my kingdom, right? <laughs> and right. Like, you want yeah. to take possession of the whole of it? It's uh, you know, we f- we forget who rules in this world. Right. And that it must shake and it must tumble to the earth. And the reason for that, the reason that the entropy is exposed so dramatically, that death and uh, destruction are exposed so dramatically, is so that we will change our hearts and minds. So we will break out of the Matrix like Neo in the movie, The Matrix. There's a... It's, it's harsh. It's a hard, it, these are hard lessons. Go ahead. There's a... Speaking of Babylon B, and to add a little humor to this, uh, there's... This is another Babylon Bee headline. Perfect. It's relevant. Study shows kids who are homeschooled could miss out on opportunity to be a gay communist. <laughs> Study show. <laughs> <clears throat> but I, I don't think... I, uh, or a transgender communist. I don't think that that's the, the plan, right? I don't think that's, that as Christians, I, that this, this, this whole sort of psychological operation of this boogeyman of Christian nationalism. Because anything that a, a Christian does is stand up against <clears throat> this mind virus. Anything they do, they're just going to say, Christian nationalism, dangerous, domestic terrorist. But They've been I working really hard on that. But I don't think that that's the, I don't think that that's what God wants us to do as believers and, and, and as Christians. I think he wants us to stand our ground. Now, what that means is is probably different for everybody. You know, you got this guy who went in and, and knocked over the statue of Satan in the capital of, what was that, Iowa? Was it a Baphomet, a goat's head or yeah, something? Yeah, and he knocked it over and decapitated it. And, of course, he's he's going to jail. 
you know, never mind of all the people that knocked over statues in the summer of 2020 and they're saying he's violated the speech and, you know, it's not protected speech what he did because he destroyed property. And Is Iowa where they used to have the <clears throat> Ten Commandments? Was it the same courthouse where they used I, to have the it, Ten Commandments maybe, up front or something? Maybe. And here's the thing is like this guy walked right into their trap. They put this thing up as a provocation and just hoping somebody walk in there and do exactly what he did. And uh, I'm sure he had good intentions, but he walked right into their trap. Sort of like J6, right? It was a huge setup. And now they can throw this guy out there and throw the book at him and see Christian nationalism. See, they don't. They don't value free speech. They're violent. <laughs> but the symbolism, I think, is pretty interesting. I mean, this guy knocked down a statue of Baphomet and, and, and did it as a believer, and I think that we're going to have to do that spiritually. We're, we, ha we, we have to overthrow this evil kingdom as much as we can, and in our own lives, and that's where repentance, that's how you do that, is repentance. And... And forgiveness. You can't do one without the other. You can't repent without forgiving. You can't forgive without repentance. And, and that can be hard. I mean, it's like, do we forgive the people that are actively destroying this, the, 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 the you know, Western civilization? People like Fauci or Governor Cox? Like, that's tough. Because what's happened is terrible, and they just keep doubling down. They show no remorse. Right. We... We have a, it's weird because we have what we think of as a democratic system or a system where the people ultimately decide. And we're, we're quickly losing that window where the people can actually affect change. You know, the biggest impediment to positive change in our world today is mind control, uh, propaganda, the, the fact that so many people are indoctrinated to the other side. And and it's not just um, the oligarchy that does this, it's Satan himself, right? The influences that people mm -hmm. have within them to be greedy, uh, to have dominion over others, to to uh, have you know what they shouldn't, to inflict their will on others when they shouldn't, uh, you know, in legal terms, they they don't they don't hold sacred other people's persons or their property. They they don't hold them inviolate. They they want to own them or exploit right. them or whatever. So it's there. That's a the taking. That's a natural tendency, and I think the oligarchy exploits that to have the power that they to obtain more power and and get what they want. They exploit those weaknesses, and and the devil plays on everybody. And his angels and he laugh and enjoy the spectacle, whatever they get out of it. But uh, we have an example of this in the Book of Mormon in Mosiah chapter 29. Because his sons, the king's sons, had had a revelatory experience, a repentance experience, a, a metanoia, a, a massive shift in the way they viewed the world. They didn't want to be king. They wanted to go out and, and spread the truth. <laughs> okay, they wanted to share. In, in church terms, we we look we look at this so narrowly as as if they were all out uh, preaching the gospel as the missionaries do today. You know, they were out, out signing people up for the institution, 
Duncan him, you know, had district leaders, zone leaders, mission presidents, etc. We kind of kind of look at it in in that way, but I think you need to look at the sons of Mosiah as more radical truth tellers. You know, they had woken up to the reality of the world they lived in, and they wanted to go out and spread the news. And the reality was that an unrighteous an unjust usurper had taken over the world and that many years hence uh, the true king would come, sacrifice for the creation, and uh, his name would be called Messiah, Christ, Christos, the anointed one, Jesus, Yeshua, the one who God is with us, the anointed one. And and uh, anyway, so Mosiah had this dilemma because none of his kids would take up the mantle and, you know, who do you appoint? to be king at that point. They had they had, had a series of righteous kings interspersed with wicked kings. You had the King Noah episode, all of that. So uh, a kingdom with a king was never foolproof, right? But Mosiah proposes this system of judges and uh, self-determination for the people. And it lasted, I believe, 109 years or 115 years, something like that, out of the thousand-year history of the Book of Mormon. It was a, a blip, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And um, the reign of the judges devolved into tribes and chaos when the secret combinations finally destroyed the government of the land. But most of the history that we have in the Book of Mormon relates to this period of time. And it's interesting because a lot of, a lot of the democratists, those, those people um, pushing the Constitution and, you know, let's just get back to the Reagan years, whatever, they'll they'll throw this scripture out because uh, Mosiah says, the king, and, I, and, I, and this is a place where I kind of would, if, if I were in a discussion with Mosiah, I would have said, you should have worded this a little differently. I, <laughs> I don't totally disagree, but I kind of disagree with the way this is taken. He says, chapter 29, verse 25, he says, therefore choose you by the voice of this people, judges, that you may be judged according to the laws which have been given you by our fathers, which are correct. So number one, they didn't pick the laws. Okay, the laws were already in place. The, the, the morality was already in place. People never realize that. And which were given them by the hand of the Lord. Oh, huge caveat. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> right. Now, and he goes on, he says, Now it is, not, it is not common that the voice of the people desireth anything contrary to that which is right. Now, that is a big, huge, <clears throat> um, debatable statement. Which people is he talking about? It is not common that the voice of the people desireth anything contrary to that which is right. But it is common for the lesser part of the people to desire that which is not right. Therefore ye shall observe, this ye shall observe and make it your law, to do your business by the voice of the people. And if the time comes that the voice of the people doth choose iniquity, then it is the time that the judgments of God will come upon you. Yea, then is the time that he will visit you with great destruction, even as he hath hitherto visited this land. So I, I might modify that and say, well, people with bad information, it's very common that the, their majorities will actually choose the wrong thing. Right, right. But even yeah. people with a good foundation, say like the, uh, the American Foundation, okay. I, I might say, similar to them in the Nephites, it is not common that the majority of those type of people will desire 
contrary to that which is right. However, it is an ine- it is inevitable that they will ultimately make that mistake. And when they do, which will inevitably happen, then the judgments of God are going to get poured out upon them. Then their whole society is going to go to crap. And it's, you know, cats and dogs sleeping together, nuclear war, whatever. <laughs> we see that with the, the Nephites. They inevitably picked the wrong things and secret combinations crept up among them. It was only 20 years after this that there was the big war with Amalickiah and Moroni. And then right after that was the Helaman Kishkumen episode and bam, it was all over. But the, but the rated R movie that followed, you know, the actually worse than a rated R movie, I'm sure. Somebody but, uh, tried to make a, did you hear about this, this Book of Mormon movie that's out there right now? Yeah, we had some listeners that uh, had texted me asking if we were going to review it. It's called The Oath. It is. It's a huge flop, right? It is. It's like the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher post in uh, Harry Potter. It's a cursed subject. Don't try to make Book of Mormon well, movies. Yeah, that may be. They this, all flop. This... But this is just isn't a well-made movie. <laughs> I'm not saying that there, aren't, with the that there aren't good movies out there. But <clears throat> it seems like it's impossible for a well-made Book of Mormon movie to be made. Yeah, that might be the case. But this, is it called uh, The Oath? It is, and I, I, we'll don't put a link to it. I don't want to pay any money to watch it. <laughs> but I've seen the trailer. It's, um, is it one that will actually get pirated? Doesn't it have to be pretty good to get people uh, I, sharing it online? I looked at the box office mojo results actually yesterday, and it, it, it grossed like three hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars. I wonder what their it's budget supposedly was. Supposedly, and it's supposedly it's in six hundred and fifty theaters. I wonder what their budget was. Uh, it was a, a few million, uh. I think, because I, I <clears throat> there's been some investments and. It's ultimately, and I, I say this, but ultimately it was a vanity project for the creator. He's the director. He's the star. He's the hero. Oh, okay. He's Darren Scott. And I don't know him. I know some people who know him, but I don't know him. I've never met him. But this, this, it's tough to make a, a big war epic on a shoestring budget. You know, with without any A-list talent or crew, but uh, it's another kind of um, unfortunate episode in the doomed Mormon cinema <laughs> genre. <laughs> but speaking of the R-rated movie that follows, which this is not an R-rated movie, that's PG thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's kind of like he takes some liberties, which is fine. But he's like he's got Moroni fallen in love with a Lamanite, and it's just kind of weird. (laughs) I think he picked a really cool, if you're going to take just a little episode of the Book of Mormon, I think that's a great one to do. But it just just failed. He failed to tell a great story, or a good story, or a coherent story. (laughs) I read one review, uh, a non-Mormon, Mm-hmm. And he was completely lost, had no idea. But I've I've talked to some LDS guys who have seen it, and they say it's incoherent. I don't know what's going on. I don't know who's who. I don't know anything. There's no exposition. There's just the editing's really poor. 
it's just uh, it's just sad. It's unfortunate because I know that this person that made it has put a lot of his he uh, he's put a lot of time and money into it, and he. Well, it's too bad. I I hope that it, he didn't lose he posted, the, the uh, nest egg on that. Uh, yeah, he posted a video, and then he quickly deleted, but it's was archived on a another website and transcribed where he was complaining that the the church didn't didn't help him didn't uh promote it and endorse it and it's like well of Mm -hmm. course they're not gonna do that Uh, you know but he's like but they do it with the chosen and they've done it with this and that and it's like well tough luck but basically, he was a little bit bitter in this video that we didn't show up to watch it. We, the, the members. But I, honestly, I haven't heard much about it, like, uh, organically, right? Have you seen billboards for it? Have you heard? I guess you said you had a couple people text you, but there's no yeah, buzz. But these are people that, like, uh, listen to fringe forums and or look, just, at, yeah. look at the fringe stuff there, that's going I on. I haven't heard anything about it, like, organically. There's just not a lot of... There's no buzz around it. I haven't seen ads. I haven't seen... Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't even know where it's playing here locally, but it's, it's a darn shame. Well, do we want to keep talking about the year in review? I don't know. What, mm. what are your final thoughts on 2023? 2023 can go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it was, there was some highs and lows, but I'm, I, you know, the last three years have just been kind of, they're just. The awful situation is out in the open. This, uh, this secret combination isn't so secret anymore. And it is an awful situation, and we have to do what we can to, to awaken to that, to repent, to forgive, and to get right with, with God. Because I, I think, um, I've said it before, I'll say it again, 2024 is going to be wild. We'll get into our predictions episode in a week or two, but man, I think it's going to be, I think it could be really like the worst year in recorded human history. I mean, the potential is all there, right? And you think about what they're signaling to us with. We've got the slow motion grind. I think it could be the the real uh, cat out of the bag, popping of the, you know, opening of the can, the, the, the start of it. I mean, if if you didn't like 2020 through 2023, you ain't seen nothing yet is what I would say. Right. But, but I don't know if it's 2024 that's going to be all of that. I think it's going to be that plus five and six. Well, yeah, for sure. I and mean, seven, You've maybe. got a presidential election year here in the U.S. And there's already been people on right and left saying there's not going to be an election. They're going to suspend it. But these people that are trying to implement the UN Agenda 2030, they're serious about this, and they're running out of time. They need things to be put in motion now so that by 2030, they control everything. And the di- watch out for the digital ID and the digital currencies, you know, the CBDC, CBDBDs. Well, I've the central bank digital currencies and the gov coins. And, you, you and I have talked about how that that all is possible via war, and pretty right. much pretty much only possible to really implement it hardcore if you have that kind of destruction that you have to build back from. And they they could do it that way. They could also just they could do a a more a cyber attack, a cyber type war, a financial war where they just where everything is devalued. Or just you just don't have access anymore to your money. 
or they outlaw the U.S. dollar or cash. Well, the problem right? is it could be all of the above. Right. You know, if if you think that the United States is going to uh, make these changes and not appear weak, and we already appear weak on the world stage. The the vacuum that we left in Afghanistan was immediately feel, filled. Um, yeah, it's, it was 20 years China, for nothing. It China, went right back to pre-invasion. Right, China, China is slowly, you know, marching ahead with their agenda and taking land, building islands in the Pacific, you know, encroaching on Taiwan. Mm -hmm. There, all of the... All of the evidence is that um, you know Russia Russia got involved in Syria and has, by most accounts, easily taken the ground. No, no war is easy, but if you know the history of World War II uh, and how many Russians were killed, what they did in Ukraine was pretty minor, pretty easy. You know, right. in fact, they've shown a lot of restraint. Well, it, yeah, it was never so. That was never going to be a difficult operation for Russia. Yeah, 20 million we Russians. Were, we were told a big fat lie that like there was this feisty force of guys with rifles and jeans and tennis shoes holding back the Russian army. Right. What a big lie. And, and, and instead, you just have an entire generation of Ukrainians obliterated. Yeah. And what for? So Lockheed Martin could be richer. So... Well, I think congressman it's a, could be wealthier. I think it serves their broader their broader <clears throat> oh, it agenda. Does. It does. But the the point I wanted to make is that during World War II, uh, the Western cultures don't really think about this. We celebrate the Battle of the Bulge, D Day, um, the the Italian campaign, the North African campaign. You know all this all this stuff. When you watch World War II in color or uh, some of these Netflix shows that show what happened with World War II, it's always from the British and American viewpoint. Mm -hmm. The Russians lost 20 million people fighting between Berlin and Stalingrad. 20 million people. It was the most horrific war of attrition between those two powers. And um, it never gets talked about in these settings. You know, right. Band of Brothers... <clears throat> Saving Private Ryan, you know, none of none of the American stuff ever really touches on the fact that if Hitler wasn't caught up in that meat grinder, do you realize what the Western war would have been like? I mean, right. It's horrific. One show I think everybody should watch just because it's a great movie is Enemy at the Gates. It's about the Battle of Stalingrad. Jude Law, Rachel Weiss. Um, it's about a sniper. Mm-hmm. Really think that's a great show. Um, but anyway, just talking, I, getting back to 2024, we have no, it's another black pill episode at the Mind Virus <laughs> show today. We just have no idea what's no, going on. And you get the eclipse, you get the eclipse next year. You get like, <laughs> like if you, if we've said it before, look back at what's happened since 9-11. Look back at what's happened since, since the financial collapse. Look back at what's happened since COVID. It's accelerating, mm -hmm. right? And I don't think... If, if there is an oligarchy, if there is a secret combination that is pulling these strings, I don't think the public is equipped to at large to, to re recover um, 
in a recognizable societal form from the destruction that they intend to inflict upon society. Right. Yeah, it's... If that's really going to happen. I could be wrong. The I mean, public's maybe not equipped, but God is. and Some people are. They're, a remnant will return, is the way Isaiah puts it. Right. right? Yeah. You just got to get right with God, and he will he'll tell you what to do or how to handle this. And it might be, maybe you're called to stand up and, uh, and like a billboard Chris and put yourself out there <clears throat> and do what you can to fight against this, these powers that be. I mean, he's one guy and he's, he's done a lot of good. He's, he's actually influenced, uh, you know, school boards and things like mm-hmm. that. It's, it's small little battles that how, has how we, we win this. We're not going to push back. Other people aren't going to do it for you. The institutions aren't going to do it for you. Right. You have to do it. You know, and it's not, I just want to say, and if I'm interrupting, so be it. It's not, it was not my <laughs> intention. I don't think it was Bobby's intention to come here today and be blackpilled like, ah, oh, doom and gloom, <laughs> but we're doing year in review. And when you look at what is happening, that you got to take stock. We got to take stock every once in a while and say, yes, that, that is what is going on. I mean, whether you like Trump or you hate him, it appears they're trying to throw him in jail. Yeah. Uh, I, I, whether you like Alex Jones or not, look at what, what he said. Look at what's been going on the last 20 years. Whether, whether you like um, Hunter Biden or not, he just stood in, uh, in, uh, in contempt of Congress, didn't show up for his hearing, and they threw Steve Bannon in jail for that. Will they throw Hunter Biden in jail for that? No, we'll find out. Of course not. We'll they find are, out. They are throwing a reporter in jail. Was he an Epic Times reporter? There was that a Blaze reporter, I guess. Jan- a January sixth guy, the guy that was just reporting on January sixth. Yeah. Did they throw any liberal reporters they, in jail? What about the CN, the guy who from Utah who sold all that footage to CNN? I don't who know. was on camera saying, "We did it. We got in. This is actually happening." Did they? Throw him in jail? I think he had to give some money back. I think there might have been a slap on the wrist for that guy. Is Ray Epps in jail? No. But when you do a year in review episode, and we've done it a couple years now in a row, we've been on the show, we've been on uh, doing our podcast conversations for three years now, aggregating this stuff the just the reasons for having the mind virus show it's not pretty it's not right our our goal was never to black pill everybody it was to have a conversation and 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 uh put it out there for our friends so we could get people to share in it listen to it whatever it was it was kind of i don't know it was your idea (laughs) but uh the idea was have have this conversation more out in the open right and I think a lot of people have enjoyed it, but it, it was never to be like doom and gloom. It was to talk about, to be able to talk through what's what's happening. And when you look back, our first episode was Year in Review 2020. When you look back, it's like, hey, hold on a second, guys. Right. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's tough to, like you said, like once you wake up to this awful situation, it's, you're never the same yeah. because you see the awful situation, you're aware of it, and then it becomes not you move from does this exist it probably doesn't exist that's just that's just old talk that's just the ancient times you move from that to it does exist it's over us it controls us and what the heck do i do about it yeah and that's a tough spot to be in and good people are always on the back foot we're always in on defense because 
you don't have it innately within you to go out and you're, harass and dominate yeah, you're not people. a sociopath yeah and so then a, a situation like this is mind-boggling because there is no real definable enemy the other side has has done a great job with the whole lemonade you know that that whole lemonade clip i thought was really impressive it's like you know you, you they they're not just making lemonade they're marketing it you know they're they're plowing the ground they're going the whole nine yards they have the money to do that they can invent uh christian nationalism as a white supremacist enemy they can they can indoctrinate you you can't they can they can they can start a war on a concept. They can start a war on terror and then call everybody terrorists. They're the ones that have the think tanks, the money, the time, the, mm-hmm. the purchased academics, the purchased politicians to be able to, to put out the, that kind of uh, high-level mind control. Regular people don't, they don't do, they're not doing that. They're not. <laughs> right. They're just living their lives. They're living their lives. And, and when they stand up, they're easily, uh, they're easily destroyed because like uh, the Cardinal Richelieu said, you know, give me six lines penned by an honest man and I'll give you a reason to hang him. Or who was it that said, show me the man, I'll show you the crime. Is that a Stalin thing or a, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well... <clears throat> Merry it's a Christmas. tough situation. Yeah, Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> Next Monday is Christmas, a week from today. We'll, be, recording. we'll be faithfully recording before we have our kids open their presents. <laughs> now, we'll have to uh, maybe record uh, after the holiday. But enjoy this time with your family. Enjoy the Christmas holiday. Remember what we're celebrating, why we're celebrating. And don't be ashamed of that. Don't, don't, uh, you're not going to offend people. By celebrating Christmas, that's the name of the holiday, and so don't uh, don't try to hide it. Just celebrate it, and in, 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 you know, and don't be ashamed. In fact, if you're offending, you know, Harvard graduates or whatever, it's probably you're probably doing something right. No offense. Yeah. Or or you or you can just or you can just revert to the universal greeting. You know, greeting fellow, <clears throat> greetings fellow human presenting individual. <laughs> I hope you're having a satisfactory time this arbitrarily festive period when our hemisphere tilts away from the sun. I'd like to this wish is... you a pleasant wintry holiday yeah. festival. Feel free to revert to that <clears throat> NPC garbage. Okay, don't. <clears throat> yeah, don't be the NPC. Well, that's that's a reoccurring theme. If you really want to get into that, go listen to our go watch the movie Free Guy and then listen to our deep dive on it. Still one of my favorite movies. And favorite episodes because Free Guy gets it. They may—I don't know if they knew they got it, but they got it. They got it. And then contrast that with the dystopian horror film Barbie. <laughs> and if you don't—and I'm not—it is a dystopian horror film dressed up in pink and. Well, they literally kill their babies at the start. I mean, literally symbolically, they do. Yeah, yeah, and and, yeah. and it's not—they don't even try to hide it. I—I I was telling a friend about it, and he's like, "What? What?" No. Well, and then they tell us that the the ultimate existence for for a woman is to be alone and uh, depressed, surrounded by moron men. It's it's a dystopian horror film. Yeah, welcome to the Mind Virus Show. <laughs> welcome to welcome to the inverted uh, existence. The, we're we're really the, the 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 gods have returned. The gods of 
of darkness. Ishtar and Baal and it, Jonathan Kahn is right on the money. I highly recommend that book. I'm still working my way through it. I listen mm. to it now and again. I have it on audiobook. Mm. And so I listen to it in the car. And so I get it in little snippets. Well, it's brought up. Uh, sometimes I throw it on. Sometimes I throw that or us on while I have the kids in the car. Oh, okay. Just see what. Uh, sometimes I don't think they're listening. And then suddenly they'll go like, wait, what are you talking about, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you asked. <laughs> uh, well, good. I'm trying to combat, you know, get a, uh, what they're getting at school. Trying to get a little truth into that noggin of yours. Well, thank you, everybody, and and truly have a great yeah, Merry Christmas. Happy Merry Christmas. Uh, we totally wish you all a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. What is uh, figgy pudding? Is it like fig? I think we probably could just leave that for its own episode, maybe. I'll let you wonder on that. (laughs) All right. (laughs) See you later.